Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. I've been wearing their demi bra literally every day this week. It is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing. It's available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. There's a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. What is up, Bachelor Happy Hour listeners? We had another episode from Michelle Season in the books, and it's one that we're going to be getting into with the woman of herself today. But I have my girl Tasha back with me. Thanks for joining again, Tasha. Absolutely. Hello, Happy Hour listeners. I'm so excited to be back and give you all a little tea and inside scoop about this season. But you're right, Becca. I am so freaking excited. We have the woman of the hour. Our special guest today is the bachelorette, Michelle herself, joining us. And I cannot wait to pick her brain about everything that's been going down. Oh my gosh, same. I've missed this one. I cannot wait to have her on. I know usually each week we do a quick little recap or we give our highlights, you know, of what really stood out to us. But I figured this week, why do we even need to do that when we have Michelle on? Like we can pick her brain on everything that we saw go down last night. I do have some questions about premiere night, night one that I know she's probably sick of talking about by now, but (laughs) we just need to get into it with her because well, you both have all the behind the scenes. You lived in Michelle definitely was in the thick of things. So I think we should just get straight into our interview with her because I know all of our listeners are just dying to hear from her right now. Uh, Yeah, I mean, let's bring her on. We got Minnesota in the house. Michelle, the woman of the hour of the season. My Midwest girl, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to Bachelor Happy Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be back on. 
For anyone who can't see you, because obviously this is a podcast and we're all listening, Michelle is glowing. Michelle, you look absolutely stunning. We need to just tell you how good you looked in these first couple episodes. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Aww, thank I'm, you. And like we've, Tisha and I have obviously met you in person. We've hung out a few times now and you are just as radiant in real life. But I have to say, the confidence and the kindness that we have just seen from these first couple episodes just radiate through the TV screen. I'm so glad that you are our bachelorette. How have you been now that it's finally airing and the world gets to see the beginnings of your journey? I don't know if I'm excited. I don't know if I'm more nervous. I think it's all of it. Love to ask you too how you both felt in this position, but you know, Tasha and I have talked a lot about when is it kicking in? Like, when does it kick in that you're the bachelorette? And you have these moments where you truly feel that you are the bachelorette and all of this just happened. And then I've, you know, kind of been sitting with it a little bit and been back to normal life. And now the whole world gets to follow along. So mm -hmm. I'm super stoked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I have to tell you, I don't think it ever hits. I still have moments where I'll wake up from a nap and I'll be like, what actually <laughs> happened in my life a couple of years ago? Like it still doesn't seem real. Um, I want to ask you really quick, cause you just mentioned, you know, obviously it's an adjustment and mm -hmm. you did go from filming your season, which is a whirlwind in itself, but then you went back to Minnesota and back to teaching. And now you're immersed back in this world. Now that it's airing, what has that been? Like, I can only imagine how much of a roller coaster it's been. I mean, lesson planning in the hair and makeup chair <laughs> right before you know on your way to this premiere brunch it's just it's this total double life I feel like that I'm living right now and it's busy it's hectic I'm definitely tired <laughs> mm -hmm. but I will say that being back in the classroom has made me feel so much like myself um, and it's nice because as you both know that like this world, it can get kind of overwhelming at times. It can get a lot. And sometimes you just need to be able to put it down. And I feel like being in the classroom, being with my students when I'm there, I'm truly Miss Young. And I'm able to have like that old piece of my routine and my old life with me still. And so it kind of keeps me balanced in a way, even though I'm, I'm insanely busy. Mm -hmm. I can attest to that. I remember the night before your bachelorette brunch, I texted you and you're like, oh, I'm just working. I'm like, yeah, bachelorette's a lot of work. You're like, no, I'm doing lesson plans. And you know, it's like 9 p.m. I'm like, oh my God, you really do it all. But I have to say, I really think that diving right back into teaching and like going in back into that world might truly be the best thing for you. I think that it keeps you, not that you need to be grounded, but like, I think it just really keeps you grounded and doesn't let you get so caught up in everything that's going on because people are going to have so many opinions and you're going to have so much coming your way. But this kind of allows you to kind of like shut it off. You can't be on your phone. You're with the kids that you know, right. matter the most to you. And it kind of just allows you just to like, again, keep a piece of yourself. And I think that that's actually genius. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's a nice, I mean, it was it's definitely like you have your system kind of thing mm -hmm. when you, know, you do it in, you film, you fly home and then you're back in the classroom. But uh, it's my kids definitely keep me humble. <laughs> <laughs> that's good well and I don't think for most of our listeners and viewers of the show I don't think people realize how crazy life gets you know it, when you're in the limbo phase between when you actually filmed and when it airs like 
you know, assuming all goes according to plan and you end up with somebody, I remember the days like every week and a half, I'd be whisked back to California for a happy couple time with my partner. You're still all over the place doing press. It's not just like you have this downtime, like these couple months, like you're back and forth on a plane constantly. So it's got to be a whirlwind. And I'm sure it's got to be tough for the students too. What is the weirdest thing that one of your kids has asked you so far since everything has gone down? Oh my God, I'm dying to know this. (laughs) I feel like this group this year, they truly know me as Miss Young. I mean, coming into the classroom, they they know that I was gone that first week of school because I was doing some filming. But as far as details about everything, that's pretty much all they know, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, after tonight, will that change? Potentially, <laughs> when I go back to the classroom <laughs> next week, might it look a little different, feel different? Could, but I definitely make sure to set that line between Miss Young and Michelle and make sure that everything's focused around learning. And honestly, the, the kids this year, the biggest thing that they ask is like, just, just tell us, just tell us like, are you with somebody? Or are you not with somebody? We won't tell anybody. We won't tell anybody. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm sure you yeah. won't. <laughs> you're like, you're cute. But no, I ain't yeah, but no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, one of the kids' moms is like, go ask Miss Young, like get the details. We won't tell oh, anyone. Keep it between us. Yes. Or I'll even say like, I'll, I'll tell you at the end of December, like when the mm-hmm. finale is already, you know, pre- and they're oh, like, yes, like she's going to give us <laughs> at the end of December. And I'm like, little do they know that's like the last episode. Like, <laughs> Wait, I love that. Figure it out. Well, I'm not going to lie. I loved seeing them on this episode and, and we have so much to talk about that, but I just also love they really keep it real with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they, they made you feel kind of comfortable and like brings it back home in a way. But um, so we know, and we can speak from experience, that nothing can truly prepare you for the role of being the bachelorette. But I'm actually cu- curious to know, what are some of the important conversations and qualities you were looking for um, that were important for you to convey as a bachelorette? I think the biggest one that I wanted to set the tone was set the tone with was just authenticity and Mm -hmm. really making sure that these men coming in stayed true to who they were. And that's hard at times when sometimes you're still figuring out who you are and where you stand and that's okay. And, you know, I I personally believe that I'm always on this personal growth journey and always will be, but you do, you have to know who you are. I think in order to be in a relationship and a healthy relationship at times. And, you know, that, that tandem can kind of obviously move a little bit, but in this world, you can really lose who you are easily and you can get lost with that. And so knowing who you are, being genuine, and then being humble because you come Mm -hmm. in as this normal person and you leave and then the world around you starts to change. And I think it takes somebody who can really stay grounded has a good head on their shoulders, doesn't care about the spotlight, you know, because it's like you could, like my biggest worry was I could fall in love with somebody and who they are. And, you know, after this and after the fame kind of strikes and the spotlight strikes, are they still going to be that humble person, you know? And that's like that biggest thing because it is a huge change that takes place. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, spoken like a true Midwesterner. I <laughs> I love I feel that. So left out right now with that hack. I mean, I want to be from Minnesota. You got to come back to Minnesota with us. But yeah, Michelle, yeah. I love that you said that because that's actually when I was leaving to go on The Bachelor. You know, years ago, that was the one thing my mom said when she sent me off was stay kind and stay humble, and mm. which I think was so apparent. We saw it with you in you know taking it back to your premiere and when you did the hometown package with your parents when you sat down and just you know had the barbecue and caught up with them and and they just showed such a great um portrayal of you know a very positive relationship that you were lucky enough to grow up with but you just i think any viewer felt that love that your parents had for one another for you and you back with them it was it was really beautiful to watch but i'm sitting there i'm like seem like my people like but um and that's one thing too that just knowing you and having conversations with you you know and for all of our listeners who don't truly know you and have spent time with you like you have stayed the same since I would say day one since we first sat down and that's what I think is such a beautiful thing and I love that you drove that home with the men because you know, now speaking from experience and Tasha, I'm sure you've experienced this as well with some of your guys from the season is you, you, you kind of get to know these guys in one way, right? You have mm-hmm. up to two months of no distractions with them, no phones, no TVs, nothing. But then they get out in the real world after the show and you kind of see fame go to some of their heads and they blow up. And not that people shouldn't soak in opportunities because you everyone definitely should but but it definitely can change some people and so i love that you went in night one and i think the the first speech with all the men fresh out the gate you know drove that home which what which i think just set the tone for hopefully the entire season um let's get back to just the premiere i know you've been talking about it like crazy we really want to get into what we saw go down last night um but just going back to the limo entrances and you standing there and the nerves coming back to you what was one of your either I would say favorite limo entrances or just one where you met a man and he just made you feel calm where you're like, I can do this. This is going to work. <laughs> I think one of my favorites was Rick coming in on that service platter. His head was on this tray of lettuce with this silver top to it. And it just got me in a moment where I just genuinely laughed. And I feel like that first night, mm-hmm. I feel like I laughed a lot. But with this, it it had me laughing. It had me scared. It got the adrenaline going again. Mm-hmm. If I thought I needed any more adrenaline. but And it showed dedication and commitment. I mean, I don't think I would put myself in a table for however long, let alone the first time meeting somebody. But... When it comes down to my favorite entrance, hands down, it's Rick. And uh, oh, clearly it off. <laughs> Michelle, he was committed to that. How long do you think he was oh, in that table for? Can you imagine how uncomfortable he was? Yo, he Our... needs a chiropractor. That's what oh, we that's really what should I be said. sending him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Drink. Did anyone feed him drinks? I hope so. I hope someone checked on him. I hope they mm-hmm. allowed him to use the restroom if he needed to. I don't know how long he was in there, but I do know that it was hours because... He came in Damn. and when by the time I gave my toast, he was still in the table. By the time I sat down and they rolled him in to talk to me, he was still in the table. And that was hours later. That night's long. He had to have hold. Yes. If he had to go to the bathroom, he would have had to help hold it for oh so God. long. Can you imagine someone he had to tell someone to wheel him out in order for him to go to the bathroom? <laughs> 
Right. Can you me to the urinals, please? Yeah. Hey, uh, I gotta go. Can you take me out of here? Oh my God. I'm telling you though, I have oh. to agree with you. The commitment on that was, mm-hmm. he definitely gets a gold star for his okay. entrance. I hadn't seen anything like that before. Exactly. It was so unique. It really was. We're, we're Rick fans over here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so last night we saw you go on three dates. By the way, we're going back to like the second episode now, okay? Thank you. Okay, because you've been doing night one this whole time. And so I just want you, I just want to like make your mind ready. Okay, so last night we saw you go on three dates. Which day activity-wise was your favorite? Because you did rock climbing, you did the classroom. What else did and you do? And then basketball. Oh, yeah, and then basketball. basketball. I would say basketball was my favorite just because so in your element Mm -hmm. i know i i am but like being there in that element you can also see a competitive side yeah and i'm a really competitive person but also when i lose i'm not a sore loser like i put effort in i give it my all but if i lose i'm not like salty i'm not a sore loser and so seeing the guys in this environment where they get to tap into that competitive side i get to see that but then Mm -hmm. you know if it doesn't go how you plan how do you handle yourself like Mm -hmm. are you in a really i mean i've been in a relationship where we both were very competitive and if i won and the other person lost like you want my interest in it i'm like i don't want that i don't want that let's draw the line so yeah so it was it was nice to kind of see that and I think they were really nervous, though, because I knew that I've had a long history with basketball. And so I think they were really just self-conscious of, I don't know, their basketball moves, their level of skill. I would have been so intimidated. Not only are they trying to wow you and stand out and date America's most eligible bachelorette, but like, you can hoop. You're freaking good. Like, it's not like, like... if I would have been on that date, I would have zero intimidation because I'm the most inathletic person ever. But like, yes. you are actually so incredible with the balls and on the court and everything. And I was just like, damn, I'm going to turn on like watching Michelle right now. No, but but, um, uh, but who, obviously we see you gave Joe the MVP that day. Who else like really stuck out to you? Not even like skill wise, but just somebody who handled the entire day very well. Um, okay, Pardeep. <laughs> Pardeep has Tasha's laughing, has my heart. And I feel like you can agree on this. He was just so excited. He was just so excited he to be was. there. He knew that all these other guys might be more athletic than him, but he knew that he had the smarts and just put the effort in. And there's just so much sincerity with him uh, that anytime I was watching him, I, I was smiling. And so him, who else I'm trying to think of? I even remember when Party like made this like incredible shot. He had been shooting all day and he hadn't made any. And he, he made this one incredible <laughs> shot and we all lost it. We were like, yes. we all screamed like in the stands. And it was by the time the guys were playing five on five, the winners got to go to the after party. The losers had to literally go home and it's the first week and like so many of these guys I still haven't had conversations with yes. and Pardeep made the first shot for his team and literally the stands when I say stands, me, Tasha, Caitlin, everybody went wild. They're all like yelling and screaming and yeah, it was, it was so fun. 
It was amazing. I'm trying to think who else like killed it that day. Who else? Martin was really good. Martin was Mm -hmm. sneaky good i didn't realize how good he was very like what we call call it like shifty like he was quick Mm. and agile um nate six eight nate super close to the basket couldn't put the ball in the basket to save his life i don't understand how you can get that close to the basket and miss him frequently so i guess that could be another level of challenge but uh but yeah it was it was a good day and i mean the guys got to shoot their shot and some of them did, and some of them did, but some of them airballed. <laughs> that is literally so and figuratively. <laughs> okay, wait. So I have a question for you. How scary was rock climbing? Because I have never professionally done that before, but you look like a pro. And honestly, Jamie was really helping you, which I really appreciated that. And I feel like, okay, but that's a really good skill set for a man yeah. is to actually be able to speak like in a loving way and try to be like, okay, no, try this one, try this one. And you got the hang of it and you felt really comfortable. So how fun was rock climbing? It looked incredibly scary. Did I look comfortable up there? <laughs> I you did. You kind of like, well, you're athletic. So I you was... know how hard you try. But you also you just gave it your all because you would, you, you'd be like, at times you would say like, okay, but where do I put my foot or my hand or where do I grab? And then you would just do it. Do like it. even if you were nervous, you would just do it and be like, oh, that's actually, it's right there. I can grab on yes. I got this. Like you were just like balls to the walls, ready to do whatever, even if it scared you. It was one of those things like looking off on it in the distance, like the actual rock formation, it looks tall. And then you walk up to it and you're like, oh my God, like I'm supposed to climb that. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to like trust this rope. You're supposed to trust this person who is belaying you and all these different things. But I mean, Jamie was, he was really good at like talking me through things. Once you get up close to the wall and you're actually rock climbing and someone's telling you, okay, well, like the rock's right there. It is very hard to find. It's like camouflage. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm just going to trust you to reach. It was, it was like this huge trust, but like relationship bonding moment that, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was, it was special. You you both balance each other well on that and like built mm-hmm. each other up and helped each other when you needed to. Um, I thought that was really special. I think I would have probably been like before I before I got strapped in, I would have been like, can I take out some life insurance real quick? I don't know if I, you know, I just <laughs> met this guy last night. I don't know if I trust him fully. Um, yeah, I mean, there are times where I'm like, why did I sign that like liability waiver so quick? Did I really need it? <laughs> did I read the fine print? I'm not sure. Right. Um, Okay, going back to the very first date of the week, you had quite a variety of dates. Do you feel, though, like what really set the tone was that first date with the kids in the classroom and the men? Did you feel like that just comforted you in a way where sometimes you just need a specific date at a certain time and to really just, like I said, set the tone for really this entire season to come and to just have both of your worlds collide? How did that feel knowing you were able to bring some of that the men into your world? I think you bring up a really good point it was so comforting because you are Mm. outside your comfort zone a little bit, a little bit. You're it's it's uncomfortable, (laughs) right? And like the cameras are there. You're still kind of getting used to this, getting your bachelorette legs underneath you, like your group date legs. It's a weird concept, but being able to be in the classroom, it's like, 
it's like this default mode that I feel like I have and I understand. And so put me in any classroom, whether it's in Minnesota and it's my classroom, whether it's a different classroom. And I kind of feel like I'm at home a little bit mm-hmm. and was able to kind of jump in the groove there and then basketball as well. And so I felt like that first week with dates, it was just really encompassed who I was. It gave mm-hmm. the guys a really good look at who I was. Um, and it was a good start. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of put the guys in their place. I mean, oh yeah, those kids were on it. She's like, leave her alone. When did she get, when um who kept calling you? What was his name? Um, Brandon whispering your name. Peter. They all did. I feel like they Peter. all. Did. It they was all. Peter. He's like Michelle. Michelle, and she, she's like, leave her alone. <laughs> like, oh, during the science. Up. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Yeah. No, they had <laughs> no, my back. They had my back. They did. <laughs> They really did. And they were so smart. Um, was there anyone that surprised you? Good and bad, I guess. Like who kind of. In the classroom day? Bit brighter. Yeah. Romeo. I don't know if Romeo got a question wrong. Romeo hit everything. I mean. Oh, wow. the math- he's a mathematician, right? He's a, he's a smart man. Yeah. He's a very smart man. Casey. Casey as well. Like Casey's has an extensive vocabulary. Mm-hmm, um. LT made me laugh. I don't know if LT has ever failed to make me laugh. Going back to Peter on that date. Right, and yes. the whole, who was it? The the beef between him and it was Will, correct? Who called him the yes. narcissist and wrote it down. Okay. I have to say, first of all, right before Will and all the other guys turned their boards around, I said somebody needs to write Peter's name. But what did you feel in that moment? Because obviously we go into the night portion, things got very heated and blew up between the two of them. But did you think it was that big of a deal at the time when Will wrote Peter's name? I was so hard as I don't know, like I, and I still don't, didn't know their relationship up until that point, but at also we're just getting started. And I felt like everyone was fairly playful with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're guys, they call each other out, but they laugh and that one hit home for Peter. And that's kind of why there was that reaction. And then it just continued to snowball into this, e- like into that evening. Um, but at that time, I didn't really see too much by it. Although I feel like Mia, one of the kids by me, like she like looked at me. And I was like, mm-hmm. did you see that? <laughs> like, <laughs> so the kids picked up on it. <laughs> right, right. Mm. It, it was interesting. I felt like, yeah, as a viewer or, you know, it, it, it was lighthearted. Again, like it's kind of a competition. You want to still make your name and stand out in a way. And I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. So when I saw them yelling at each other, as you're trying to have a nice conversation with another man and you can hear them yelling behind you, I'm like, you guys, it's too early for this. This is just the first date. Come on, people. Just so funny. I was like looking around like, who is talking? I was like, oh my God, wait, are those the guys in the background? I literally did not know that that was them yelling so loud. I didn't know either though. It took me, it really did take me a minute because... It was the first, it was literally the first group date and I'm sitting there talking to Olu and I do hear it, but I also felt like it was a really loud group of guys and they would like banter back and forth. They would laugh with each other. They were just Mm -hmm. like super vocal at times. And so that's all I thought was going on. And then I saw it in Olu's eyes where he was like, and hear it. And I'm like, is that yelling? And he's like, yeah, it is. So mm-hmm. all coming into the conversation already knew that there was beef between Will and Peter. Yeah. Got it. Got it. 
it's always like kind of I remember being back in that position where you can hear the guys and you know sometimes tensions are high but like when you actually hear the fighting or you hear from the other guys of what's going on I just remember laughing being like is this what we're fighting about is this the drama right now um but it's always fun to get like the snippets from other people and then to see it all unfold on tv it seems way more weird extreme and heightened um okay I'm totally going off tangent here but I need to ask you I need to go back to night one and all of this Ryan stuff when Tasha and Caitlin confronted you because Michelle first of all I'm so glad that you just saw right through the BS and sent him home (laughs) I have to say I knew Ryan beforehand and so for him to be like, oh, I have no idea about the Bachelor world. He was our Bachelor for Bachelor Live on stage about a year and I, a half, two years ago. And he was like, he knew a lot about the show. He had like all this knowledge bank about everything, was like very invested. And so when he was trying to lie to you, I'm literally yelling through my screen of like, that's bullshit. Don't lie to her. <laughs> what Can was you going through your mind? Okay, I I just talked to Ben Higgins about this, and he mentioned that he was on your show when you guys were doing that like traveling mm-hmm. thing, and I was like, oh, interesting, and whatever. But for whatever reason, I didn't put it together that that whole piece added on top of it was when he was talking about being a part of the Bachelor world and how he had no idea because mm-hmm. I. Wow. Yeah. So that's just a whole added, like, again, like you put all these pieces together. There was just so much drama with that where I'm like, this is not, this is not how you want to start a relationship. (laughs) Right. It was, it was just so much information. And even honestly, even the papers aside, even like the information that I had found aside, when I go back and have watched it, it's like in that conversation, I felt like he contradicted himself so many times so that much. that conversation standing by itself, it's like, you're not a bad person. I'm not sure where this is coming from, the dishonesty, but it's not where I'm putting my energy. Mm-hmm. Nope. I mean, honestly, let's just call it as it is. He's a bad apple. And honey, we only looking for the good apples. So <laughs> speaking of apples, okay. Can we talk about Rodney's apple taste test? Because mm-hmm. I, I'm not kidding you. Yes. I was laughing so hard. This man is hilarious. But I need to know, did he really mix up the Granny Smith and the Fuji apple? Yes, this man no, does he not did know not. his apples. Yes, this man does not know his apples. I... <laughs> I mean, the fact that he, he he called himself Granny Smith right off the bat. I'm like, is this a red flag? Is it not? Yeah, but he even bit into a green apple and he didn't right. know. Well, going into that apple taste testing, I swear if he bit into a red apple, he identified it as some type of green del- apple. <laughs> yellow delicious. And then vice versa. Like when he bit into the red delicious, he's like, oh, that's a Granny Smith. I'm like, that could not be farther from the truth. <laughs> and then it just completely finished it out perfectly when I fed him a piece of pizza and he was like, lasagna. And I'm like, this man has no idea. I like, was rolling. I was like, I like Rodney. We actually had Nate on last week's podcast and he had nothing but great great fun stories about Rodney. So I'm, I will say I'm excited to see more of him. Um, listen, oh, you'll see he more. It. He, <laughs> his taste buds might be off, but he is entertainment for us viewers. And I'm here um, for it. <laughs> absolutely. 
Uh, Let's get into the end of the episode because that's where most of the drama was, right? And, you know, we saw since the beginning, you have like this this weird history with the DMs with Joe. You know, it's kind of that lingering storyline. It obviously now fed into your first week of dates and into your first cocktail party. What were you going through that night of the rose ceremony, you know, hearing what was going on, hearing what Jamie brought to your attention um, and ultimately deciding to cancel that cocktail party? Like, talk us through that night in your mind. Coming and taking the role as like the bachelorette, like, you know, there's going to be drama, you know, that there's going to be highs, you know, that there's going to be lows and all these different things. But I think one thing that I really talked to Tasha about is just like, there's these moments where I'm like, I have no idea who to trust. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was definitely that moment where when Jamie sat down and spoke to me about what he was hearing and his perspective of things, it kind of launched everything in the air. And not so much where I turned around and I was upset where like, who's questioning me? I mean, I guess a little bit, but like all these, different, I just didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to believe. I was upset that my character was even being questioned because I was like, what do you say? I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. a good person. I feel like that's shown. Like, why are we Mm -hmm. questioning my character like this? But also just not knowing who believes in you. And I've been in relationships where I've, my partner didn't believe in me and that was really difficult. And so you're trying to stay vulnerable and you're trying to stay open. And there's all these different layers that you're trying to like navigate and figure out who believes in me. I just met all these guys. I don't know who believes in me. I don't know who's telling me the truth. And so it's a hard moment where you actually feel kind of lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember you're talking to you outside and you don't really see our conversation at all, but I just remember like that really upsetting you and you feeling like, look, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Like my walls are down. I'm being as vulnerable as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. I'm being as honest as I can. And like, him and I had exchanged DMs, but that was the extent of us ever being involved with each other. Um, and I just remember you feeling like, I don't know who to trust. And that's a very scary place for me to be in. And it broke my heart hearing you, like even in your interview and talking to the guys, just saying like, I really want to put those walls back up right now. And it's the very beginning of your journey. Like, mm-hmm. and for someone just to kind of create this storyline, um, it just really frustrated me just to watch you go through that. But I think you handle it so well. And I'm happy that hopefully you watching it back, you can kind of understand that it was literally just Jamie and not really the rest mm-hmm. of the guys. Like the right. guys were like, I'm sorry, it is, what just happened? Like, I know when I was watching it back, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> okay, got it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so off, but it, it definitely is. It's like, I'm not a person who reacts to a lot or even mm-hmm. is affected by a lot of drama. But I think the one thing that really got to me was the questioning of character. I think that mm-hmm. if anything mm-hmm. could have gotten to me, like it would be that. And right. so it wasn't like this thing of like, I'm quitting, I'm done. I was like, who wait, where, like, where do I even go from here? It's like me mm-hmm. physically feeling like I'm like shoving these walls back down because I didn't want to talk to anybody. I, you know, yeah. well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like just from watching it, because to add on to what Tasha said, I think you handled that situation 
very maturely, you went to the group of men, you had them all sit down, you addressed it, you kind of gave the context of, you know, look, my character's being questioned right now. Here's the minimal history that Joe and I had, you know, between a couple DMs. That's really not that big of a deal. But I think the part that got me, and if I was in your position, I would have been frustrated with is the fact that you then opened it up for questions and opened it up for this dialogue for any of these 25 or however many you had at the time, men to ask you about it, to talk to each other about it. And they just all shut down and no one even, you know, it was, it was crickets. And so for you to be that vulnerable, to be like, this isn't an easy position to be in. I probably don't want to be addressing this right now, but here you go. Like, let's open up this floor and no one said a damn thing. And you're, I could totally see why you're just like, okay, then I'm out of here right now. Like I would have totally reacted the same way. I would have probably wanted to cancel the cocktail party because at that point it's like, you had the opportunity to talk to me or to each other and you chose not to. So like, why are we going to keep this going any longer if we don't have to? Was it two part question? So for you, what was that like in your head and what were you going through when you did open the floor up and no one said anything? And then Mm -hmm. to now watch it back and kind of see how, you know, Jamie confronted you and he had no problem bringing that to your attention, but then totally shut down and, took no accountability in front of the men for what he did. It was a confusing moment and watching it back, I can see why I was confused because they were like truly two different storylines that were going on. And so in that moment, when I'm asking, you know, it was, it was, it was brought to my attention in this very pointing manner that it needs to be addressed that it's taking on this life of its own and and that's how it made me feel and so I'm I'm an open person and so I'm like let's talk about it because I even though I was upset and my character was getting questioned I'm like let me make you guys feel better so that you know that you didn't come here for somebody who wasn't genuine like Mm -hmm. my first thought was the guys like please know that this is not true I'm a genuine person right but then when I, like you said, Becca, like when I opened it up and that first time I did open it up, like there were crickets and I'm like, okay, like if we're talking at the house, then, and, and we're saying these things and we should be able to talk about it. But right. after that moment, you know, I responded how I responded. Nobody said much at all. There was very much a lack of response. And then, you know, moving forward, watching it back, it's like, they all were talking to each other. Like, I'm really confused. Like who said this, which is understandable, but then they could have also did that right there. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. like I would, I guess I would have said, I would have appreciated it if they would have been like, okay, like what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, cool, like, yeah, let's have a roundtable discussion about it. Does any part of you a very good point? That's a very good point. Now watching it back and obviously hindsight is always 2020. Do you wish at that moment when you did open it up and leave it, you know, open-ended discussion and and let them ask you questions, do you wish you would have brought up Jamie? Like, you know, Jamie, you came to me, you were very open about having this Mm -hmm. conversation. You made it seem like multiple men in the house are talking about this, like what's going on. Do you wish that just would have like kick-started that entire conversation more? Because we obviously see it ended now where all of the men are still very confused and it seems like they're going to be confused going into next week now. It's, it's so hard when you're in like the seat where like someone is bringing something and confiding in you and, and telling you a piece of information. It's like, yes, we are all adults and we should be able to talk about it. 
But at the moment, when it was brought to my attention, it came off very tasteful. Mm-hmm. And I guess I wanted to keep that confidentiality on my part. Whereas if Jamie would have been like, hey, yeah, we did talk about this and this is what I'm referring to. Um, it, it was hard to jump in that way right away. Like the first person who tells you something, it's like we have this discussion and I'm like, boom, tell me what you said. Tell everybody what you said. Right. Yeah. What I you didn't want to feed him to the wolves. I was trying to like navigate that. And I think like as the season goes on, I get better at doing that and being very honest. But I was definitely trying to figure that part of the role out still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely feel okay. So number one, we could always say like, I wish I would have done this. But when you're in that situation, it's so hard to navigate those waters. But also, I almost feel like it was an abuse of power on his end. Like, he had made his way into your heart. He had the first one-on-one. He had this vulnerability with you. You guys had created and like established a connection to where you can mm-hmm. open up. And you're right. He did come to you in a very like, quote unquote, tasteful way. Like it wasn't like this, like you need to go talk to this guy. And it, like, he was like, hey, I just need you to know I've walked into, and this is the line that kills me. I walked into several conversations, you know, this week about like what's going on between blah blah and so he really made it seem like it was an issue amongst all of the men and then and I could see how like when you do address the guys you do kind of you know honor him and kind of keep that private to yourself because you have that rapport with him you have mm-hmm. that established connection um and it's just really sad that he kind of abused that um but I guess no, that it- just Yeah, you're completely right. It was like this level of connection. The types of conversations we had on our first one-on-one were Mm -hmm. really just vulnerable, intense conversations. Mm -hmm. And he was so honest and open about everything that he's been through. And he's been through a lot. And I, I, I hearing his words and then my perspective of things as I mean, he could, he could visibly see me hurting when he was mm-hmm. telling me that my character was being questioned. And then to go back and say, like, she handled it well. Nah. Yeah. I was right. like, <laughs> we misgaged something here. Like, we're not on the same page anymore. Right. Especially it's, when he knew he lied. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. My it personal was, opinion. Yeah. And, and it's, and I've said this for, you know, any episode, any season, there's so much more that none of us are privy to, you know, now, now is when you're listening to all of the interviews back and you're seeing the private conversations between the men back. Like this is a first time for you too. And so I'm sure, you know, cause you're viewing it alongside us. Like it's stirring up different emotions as you go along. Um, I obviously I have no idea what happens next week. I hope that at some point he apologizes for that because it put you in such a difficult situation where ultimately you did end up canceling, the cocktail party, um, going into that rose ceremony then after you finished the night early, did you just like, how were you feeling just unsettled? Obviously you mentioned like the guards were close to coming up again. Like what were you feeling in those moments at that night? I was just feeling exhausted, honestly. And Yes, I I mean, I, I am a person who pushes through exhaustion and like I always want to be there for other people, give everything that I have. And in that moment, I was like, I have nothing left in the tank right now. Within the conversations, I wanted to be present, but all the conversations, you know, would soon start to curate and become about this topic that mm-hmm. I tried to open the panel up to and we didn't talk about really much at all. And so... um 
so with that going into it, I, I went off of where my heart was at and yeah. which people I felt like believed in me from our conversations, um, which people I felt like I had a connection with. And then, you know, using that to make my decisions. And that doesn't mean that every man who went home that week is somebody who was questioning my character, but, you know, it just played into the level of connections and my comfort. Mm-hmm. Listen, we get it. Oh, Too fast, bad Those Sometimes those nights are hard where you're so, there's so a lot of people that you don't really know and you just have to go off that gut instinct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look, uh, let's, let's talk about what we're going to be looking forward to in episode three. There's a lot to come. What's coming? What can we expect? I mean, Michelle Young gets her uh, bachelorette legs underneath her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I really start to become more honest with what I am needing from these guys and group dates are definitely a heavy task they're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but when you're trying to get engaged at the end of this like they have to be productive and so you're going to kind of see me um battle back and forth with that and kind of just figure out what I need what I'm getting what I'm not getting and drama (laughs) No, <laughs> always the drama. Well, I did want to ask because earlier when you were answering one of the questions, you said you were still trying to find your bachelorette footing, which I totally get. I think any of us can attest to that. Like the mm-hmm. first couple of weeks is fun and nerve wracking and just the anticipation of what's to come. Like that's all so much. But when did you feel like you fully like found your footing where you're like, okay, I got this. I have the hang of things now. Like I'm finding my voice. I'm finding my way. I honestly felt really good during cocktail parties, during after parties, during one-on-ones. It was the group dates. That was the real stinger for me because just past experiences and other emotions that come from that um, Mm -hmm. kind of started to bubble to the surface a little bit with just how group dates were going. And it took me a minute to find my footing. Um, I don't know if it was my footing to find. Basically, going into that first week on group dates, the guys really struggled to make connections during the group date. And I really brought to the light that I, I wasn't wanting attention. I was wanting them to go out of their way and like have a conversation with me because I felt like I was seeking the men out and having conversations and trying to get to know them. But when I didn't go over to them to start the conversation, they were hanging out with each other and wouldn't come over and talk to me, whether that they were nervous, they weren't trying to figure out, like they weren't able to, you know, they weren't pursuing you. They weren't pursuing you. Yes. And it was, yeah. And I think that was like the hardest thing where I'm like, I need to see that you want to continue to get to know me during these group dates. Like you can't just think on the after party time. That's not Mm -hmm. how this works because group dates, like you spend a lot of time in group dates. That's precious time. And I kind of had asked for that, asked for that, asked for that. And it wasn't being reciprocated. And then there's definitely a moment where it just kind of hits me. And yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Oh, man. Group dates are really tough to juggle. And it's for the guys, but also for you. And like you were saying, like, I feel like they, 
Group dates are really fun because there's like a lot going on and the guys can kind of be silly. But then there's like bromance almost happens. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's all fun and games. But like, you're here to date me? people. <laughs> you remember and me? Again, and I think yeah. And I think you were kind of experiencing that a little bit. And like the guys, whether it be, let's just say they were a little intimidated or like they didn't know that they could go like come up to you and just like have a conversation. Like they need to make the most of every single moment they have, as opposed to like you were saying, just the cocktail parties at night. And you were kind mm-hmm. of experiencing that back to back to back. And it was kind of like, okay, so do you really want to try or do you need to constantly have me come up to you? And mm-hmm. I think yeah. that that's something that was really frustrating because also, what female, what woman wants to vocalize that? You know, like, hi, I'm still over here by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and y'all are bromancing over there. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it was, I think it was really frustrating for you. And it was really hard. But I'm glad you spoke up because I think it changed after that. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever feel like... Eh, because, you know, and this is something I struggled with just in my time a couple of years ago. And Tasha, maybe you felt this at some point. I'm not sure. But because you are the bachelorette and mm-hmm. you were announced pretty early, like back in March. So all of the men coming onto the season knew you were going to be the bachelorette. So they, of course, could do their homework and research and get to know you and your interests. Obviously, we saw Ryan do that night one, but I'm sure he wasn't the only guy to kind of Google you or look you up or creep on your Instagram, whatever it might be. But did you ever feel like because of that, that the guys weren't necessarily asking you the right direct questions to get to know you? Did you feel like they already just kind of assumed they knew you and they were having you do the heavy lifting and the work to ask them everything? Mm. Um, I think, I think the first night was more where the guys were sharing so much about themselves and, and really wanting to make that connection just because you almost have to, it's like speed dating in a way. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is what I have to offer. I only have a few minutes with you and I know you're going to make a decision. So like, this is where my mind's at. Mm -hmm. And like, I totally get that. I will say that I did feel like my guys truly wanted to know who I was. And they knew that I was a teacher and they knew that I played sports in those things. And they loved those things about me, but they did during after parties and during cocktail parties and one-on-one dates. I feel like they really did want to go past that level. And they really Mm -hmm. wanted to know who I was as a person. And I felt like they were able to do the heavy lifting during those parts. Mm-hmm. I just wanted more of that during the group date as well. You know, right. not so much like we are now doing two handle it, like two ball dribbling. And that's all you're thinking about. That's all you're doing. It's right. just, yeah. You want to interact a little bit, you know? Exactly. And you want to feel pursued. You are the bachelorette, to be honest. And yeah, it's, it's, it's tough when the men, of course, they live together. They spend much more time especially mm-hmm. up front with each other than they do with you. And so maybe it was just more of a comfort thing. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see it all unfold and to see you put these men in their place, Michelle. Yeah, well, it happens so eventually. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I'm patient for a certain amount of time. And then, you know, and then I'm not patient. <laughs> and then I'm done being patient. <laughs> so of this season with no spoilers... Because we've only seen two episodes and we still have a lot more to come. What so far has been your rose and your thorn? My rose would definitely be the effort that was put in tonight one with mm-hmm. all of the different ways that these men showed up and showed their personality. And my thorn would be 
having to cancel the cocktail party because my character is questioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that. I'd have to um, agree with you. Unless <laughs> <laughs> so you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, not me. All right, Michelle. I mean, I feel like I miss you. I could keep talking to you for hours, but you are a very busy woman these days. So before we let you go, we love to play games with all of our guests. So we're going to play a little game called This or That bachelorettes only game so basically we're going to ask you a situation that only us as bachelorettes would probably know how to handle so this is going to be interesting Mm -hmm. because it's going to just be rapid fire so we'll give you this or that just you know whatever you're feeling in the moment just say and and it'll be interesting to see how it would line up with how tation i would answer so i'll just kick it (laughs) off so this or that would you rather send someone home at a rose ceremony or on a one-on-one date rose ceremony Ooh, kiss everyone on the first night or have a few meaningful kisses. Meaningful kisses. Break up with someone or be broken up with? (laughs) Be broken up with? (laughs) Be broken up with? I'll take the fall. <laughs> I hate people. It's on the time of the season, too. Yeah, right? so I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm already nervous. <laughs> okay, let's see. Watch fireworks or a surprise concert? Surprise concert. Mm-hmm. Head on a platter or no pants? would you rather take your men on a physical date or a date where they have to perform physical date okay perform mm-hmm. how so like like put on an act sing a song comedy really show make them be silly you know like really put them out there Okay, actually perform. I'm I'm changing my answer. 100%. Oh, okay. okay. See me in yeah. a different light. All right. <laughs> Have Tasha and Caitlin on a group date or at the rose ceremony? Group date. You need your girls. Yes, I do. Let's go. <laughs> Wear an extravagant dress or something more simple? Simple. Mm. Share something personal with a guy or have them share something personal with you? Have them share something personal with me. I love that. Give a guy the group date rose or the first. Ooh, ooh, ooh. give a guy <laughs> a group date rose or the first rose at the ceremony. Group date rose. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. honestly, people listen to like whose name is called first at the rose ceremony. By the way, like it's like a thing too. I mean, if you remember. <laughs> Oh yeah. Which I never realized until people started calling it out. And but but you can kind of tell, Michelle, I can so tell who you're into already. And I don't know spoilers or anything. <laughs> it is so apparent to me. I'm just like, oh, she is into this guy or she is not into this one. Uh I think it changes though. Like I, I think she does a really good job. But you I'm surprised. So yeah, I do. I open up. And it's like, yes, at the beginning, like that initial attraction, but there mm-hmm. are definitely multiple men who surprise me. And I'm like, sign out. Like, Wait a minute. Where did you come from? But to your credit, <laughs> too, you're really good about being very attentive 
to each and every conversation. Like, and I get it. I remember like there were nights where, cause it goes so late. They're so long. There's so many conversations. You're trying to remember information for each man, man. And it's, it's really hard to compartmentalize at times, but you are very good about being so alert, attentive, kind to each and every man and every, every conversation that you're having so far. And I mean, maybe it's just because you're an incredible human because you're a teacher and you have to already deal with 30 plus students. I don't know, but you are you're crushing it so far at this bachelorette thing. You really are. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing worse though than like being in a conversation with someone and them not like not, not feeling like they're listening or in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely times where I feel like I accidentally like flip flop things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, oh, I gotta remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other one. That's the other. Board. Oh my god, been there, done that. It's not a good look. <laughs> Did you ever forget? I don't did you ever forget anyone's name? I didn't forget. On the first night, Spencer walked in and I called him a different name. And I'm like, names are so important. Like, and I said it confidently. Like, I don't know whose name he said, but they walked in and I was like, yes. I was like, nice to meet you. He's like, it's Spencer. I'm like, oh. <laughs> we, we all have been there. We get it. Like, don't um, worry. But- Michelle, it has been such an absolute pleasure. I hope I'm well, I'm not hoping I know we'll have you on later in the season. But until then, we understand that you are a crazy busy woman. You have so much going on. There are so many other people that you'd probably be rather rather having conversations with right now. So we're gonna let you go. But we absolutely love you. Thank you for joining happy hour today. I love you guys. And I will talk to you soon. See you later. I love Michelle and I I love seeing the bond that you have with her too. Like you can just tell that she feels comfortable with you. It's like just like a girl's night where we can just chit chat and, you know, share some tea. Honestly, I I have to say like it was such like a pleasure to like get to know her and the fact that we were able to open up with each other and just like really create that relationship is amazing. And I think that that just Mm -hmm. really helps her journey, you know, and I'm allowed to help her a little bit more because I get to know her. And um, she truly is amazing. And I'm not gonna lie, I felt really left out that I'm not from freaking Minnesota. And like, I want to start like (laughs) saying my A's like you guys like I don't, whatever, I'm coming to Minnesota and visiting both of you because I'm gonna be the honorary sister. Okay, Tasha, you are I'm just gonna drag you back with me. We're gonna go (laughs) hang out. Well, I know you were there for a few weeks on Michelle season, but we're gonna give you like the real hometown tour. So just See you away. Oh you are God. in for a treat. Um, a huge, huge, huge thank you to Michelle for joining us today. I'm so glad that she was able to pop on. Like I know her schedule's so insanely packed right now. So the fact that she could be with us for an hour just means the world. So thank you, Michelle. And a huge thank you to all of our Bachelor Happy Hour listeners. We can't wait to do the rest of the season alongside of you and have you tune in with us each week. Absolutely. And make sure you guys hit us up on social at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram, at Batch Nation on Twitter, and Bachelor Nation on Facebook. And please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. If you never want to miss an episode, tune in each week. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Until next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. I've been wearing their demi bra literally every day this week. It is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing. It's available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.